Keeping On looks at the journey of aging through the power of music. Hello, I'm Van Owens Hayes, host of the podcast Keeping On, which is brought to you by Walker West Music Academy, where they harness the power of music to foster academic achievement, success, healing, and joy. What helps you keep on doing what you do? Is it music? Music can comfort, heal, inspire, and uplift. It can make you want to sing, dance, tap your foot, create, and learn. Music can help you keep on keeping on. This episode is about Ain't Nothing Wrong About Growing Old. Whether you're at the early stages of life's journey or nearer to the sunset, music helps us travel the road and has the power to bring us together. As we age, we continue to have gifts to share and a variety of ways to stay active. Our guests, Mary Kay Boyd and T. Michael Ramble, will talk about how music has played a role in becoming who they are and keeps them engaged with others. Welcome, and my first question to you is, we know that music inspires us, connects us, informs us, teaches, uplifts, and soothes us. How has music impacted your life? How has music impacted my life? I have no idea what life would have been like without music. My father was a singer, and so I assume he must have been singing to me when I was in my mother's womb because I know he was singing to me when my grandmother was rocking me. And so I've just, just been in my life all my life. We live by music. You know, we get up by music. And you want to hear my music? Um, no, you go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> my father was a singer, not me. T, you're on next. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mary Kay, I can't thank you enough, and Van, for having both of us, because being in the same space with my dear sister spirit, Mary Kay Boyd, is always an honor for me. And to know you both for so long and the work that you're doing here at Walker West is absolutely amazing. I think about music, and I think about my, my work as a theater professional. Um, I had an opportunity to be in a p- production at Penumbra Theater, Minnesota's black only black professional theater company. Um, and at Penumbra, we did a production called Joe Turner's Come and Gone. And Joe Turner's Come and Gone is one of August, August Wilson's canon of plays. He, he did one play for each decade in the 20th century. And... Joe Turner's Come and Gone was the first of that canon speaking to Reconstruction. And the character Bynum um, was the character that was helping um, freed enslaved Africans find family members that were torn apart and sold from, from them and helping families knit themselves back together. I tell this long story to say that Bynum, the character, um, says that we are all born with a melody. It's a beautiful image that every person is born with a melody and that our life journey are the lyrics How lovely. a set to that melody. I like, I like that thought. Uh, and music is so much to so many of us. And T. Michael, you're an actor, an educator, a singer, and so much more. And I'd like you to tell us about the common threads of your active life around music. Uh, I like the so much more part. I like that. Well, the, the, the common thread for me is, as Mary Kay put it so poignantly, so perfectly, uh, music is the essence of all that I am. 
And life has a rhythm as is found in the seasons, the wind that blows, the way we uh, move through, through air and time and space is rhythmical. And that rhythmic uh, nature is part of our African diaspora kind of DNA. And so the connectivity for me is that um, there is a way that I engage people that has that sort of rhythm. And so I think music really, um, sometimes people view it as just one simple construct or medium or modality, but music is in everything that we do. And if we had paused long enough to be silent and to listen, um, we find that life is just a musical journey and that our constructs of language interaction are just another extension of that music. Why'd you put me on with somebody so eloquent? <laughs> you know, we just take such joy in T. Michael because he's so he's gifted. So brilliant. Um, yeah, it's, it's so poetic, but I'm thinking too, um, you, Mary Kay, have been an educator and a social justice advocate. And I recall that we had the wonderful experience of going to the 50th anniversary of the march at Selma. Mm -hmm. And um, remember when we crossed the bridge and they were playing that song, how we felt it was we shall overcome while Martin Luther King was speaking, and it was just a surreal moment. It was just like the spirit of the ancestors were coming and leading us. So talk a little bit about how music has sort of charted those kinds of experiences in your activism. Well, I recall back, do you remember when we were marching downtown <laughs> back in the mm, 19th last century? Mm, yeah. Mid <laughs> yeah, mid last century. And it was music that, uh, I mean, when people were going by and we were, uh, we called it picketing then, and we were picketing the Woolworth store in sympathy with what was going on in the South when they could not sit at the lunch counters. And as members of the junior branch, youth branch of the NAACP, we were kind of leaders in that endeavor. And we joined um, with the adult branch, but we were out there marching and holding up our signs. And, you know, it's in the Minnesota Historical Society, if anybody would like to see us in such form when we were younger. But as, as, as people were, these boys were white boys going by and, and uh, convertibles and they were spitting at us and yelling at us and we just continued marching and singing, marching and singing and just in in community and it was the song, it was the music that kept us marching because we didn't know if something was going to hit us. We didn't know, we didn't stop in, in fear, we just kept marching and singing because we had a cause and a purpose. Well we know that music connects us and T. Michael I've been at so many events where you have created a song with people throwing out words and bringing them together. And I have always wanted to know how you do that. So would you tell us how you can bring people together through on-the-spot song creation? Well, I'm kind of wired that way because um, from a very early age, I always thought I could sing. But from a very early age, I was told to shut up and stop singing because my voice was not so per particularly pretty uh, or, or pleasant as I was told and have been reminded. And to the surprise of my family, when I became a singer, they were like, how did that happen? Where, where was that voice? Who, who, who stepped into your body? But I um, used to always make up songs, go down the street, you know, kicking a can or doing whatever would make up a song. And um, 
I think what happens for me, I, I, I would I would liken myself to the Twin Cities Wayne Brady. <laughs> if I could only have his money. Um, but, you know, I, I just like the fact that music, that, that lyrics, that words are musical. That when someone mm-hmm. throws out a word, just the word itself has a musicality to it. And so, and that what I've learned as a theater professional, as an actor, is that like the works of August Wilson, which really have brought to me a, a clearer understanding of the musicality of language, that words have a powerful connection. And when you throw them out, you can kind of, in my mind, I'm able to massage them and move them around and go, oh, there it is. That's, that's the message. So it just is how I'm wired. Well, it has always been inspirational when you've done that. And I want to ask you a follow-up question. Mm-hmm. It's how does it make you feel when you see the audience making that connection? Well, it's very powerful for me. I've used that word before, but um, it's gratifying. It's uplifting. You know, I, um, it just helps me understand that what I am doing and who I am is just an extension of what God has brought me here to be mm-hmm. and to do. So, Well, that's a good transition to, I think, Mary Kay is living a purpose-driven life and has been so involved in bringing youth together through everybody's in and making everyone aware that they're educators. And music may have been a part of that, but I know that your activism in the community and your several projects are something our audience would like to hear about. Which project? <laughs> That's one thing about aging. I mean, as long as you stay involved and you live your purpose, it, uh, the numbers don't mean anything. But anyway, the uh, Everybody's In movement was something that I co-founded along with Giovanni Ford and Derek Johnson from McAllister College. And it is about how we develop and educate our youth. And everybody is an educator. I mean, the first education that I came upon was from birth in the Rondo community. And before I, I, I set foot inside of a public school, who was educating me? My grandmother, my mother, my father, the community, the church. I mean, everybody's an educator. So just be careful about how you educate our young'uns. I know you also had the experience of knowing Carl Walker when he first arrived and he was working with your dad. And so uh, what was that musical awareness like for you? Wow. Yeah, Brother Carl was, uh, I mean, he is like a brother. I've known him for so long. And my dad was the mail carrier um, that delivered mail to this, because my dad was not only a singer, but he was the singing mailman. And he delivered mail to Carl's and uh, Linda's home. And Carl, I used to be my dad's accompanist from the time I was 12 years old. I mean, that's the only reason I really decided I would go ahead and practice the piano and take music lessons, because whenever my father was invited to sing somewhere, I would always ask, are they going to are they gonna serve filet mignon? <laughs> if it was because I love filet mignon. Um, so when I wasn't able to accompany my dad, then um, Carl would. And you could always hear music draw, kind of wafting out of the living room of Carl Walker's home. And so Carl was kind of my, um, we were kind of the duo that it was either me or Carl that would accompany my dad. One thing I'm just, I'm grateful for, but I'm sorry about, and that's Carl did accompany my dad on his recording uh, that keeps so many of us going. 
And I was not able to at that time because um, when my life became so busy in some other ways, Carl was always there. So, yeah, Carl has been, he's been in my life for, since my teenage years. You know, I have to say, Mary-Kate, here's your chance now. We, we, while people are listening to this program, I think we can go fund your doing a Natalie Cole and Nat King Cole type of venture <laughs> where we take one of your dad's songs with Carl Walker and then we'll blend together and Sharina help out and we'll have you play along with the recording and make this joint project where you accompany the accompanist accompanying your father. Wow. You smell that? That's art. You know, that's wonderful, but I know that a few years back, we did the Rondo Oratorio, (laughs) and Mary-Kate's brother did that with their dad. Yeah. In the Rondo Oratorio. Yeah, he did. So that has been done. Yeah, so, yeah. Why you going to be like that, Van? That has been done. Well, excuse me. That's, 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 well, I'm so glad that you didn't ask me to kind of sing, you know, along with like Natalie did. Do you all want to hear me sing? No, I don't think. <laughs> T. Michael's voice makes me think that, 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 that he could uh, play your dad's role with that deep bass oh, voice. That would be such an honor. That would be such an honor. Both oh, your brother and your father. Man. I know. Oh, <laughs> I know. I, oh, look. <laughs> Don't get me started. You know, one of the, one of the things uh, I think about uh, as I age and as roles change for me as an actor, uh, that there is something that I experienced that I connected with when I was experiencing homelessness when I first moved into the Twin Cities area, that people don't look at you the same way or they don't look at you at all or that you do become invisible and that it requires us using our voice and our voice is connected to that musical energy that's inside of us that we have to speak out and speak up. Um, and, and it's so vital that we, as we age, don't forget our own agency and that we have to really understand that that agency is, uh, is captured through our voice. While I was teaching in, in West Africa uh, several years back, there's a saying that I learned that when an elder dies, a library is burning. And that is something that we cannot, we cannot afford to forget the value that we bring as elders and as, as community leaders and the voices that we have that are so vital. Um, John Edgar Wyman is a quote that I often use, um, said that the process for me that's going to knit up the fabric of the family, the collective family, all of us, is that we tell our stories. And they, they express our values and we keep on telling them despite the chaos despite the madness, and despite the pressure not to tell. And that's what our musical, historical background does. It allows us to continue to tell our story despite the madness and the chaos and the pressure not to tell. In our community, there is a value and a respect for elders that's not necessarily shared by other cultures uh, that are close to us. And so when you talk about aging, um, and I do believe that age ain't nothing but a number, but, but you two reveal that there's still a greatness in the life to be lived and the life to be shared and the wisdom learned. Could you talk about that? Uh, Mary Kay, I know you talk about that frequently, so share with us. Well, I think as we, as we age, we become... Um, 
less concerned <laughs> about how we, um, not how we present ourselves, but we don't have all the inhibitions. And please don't misunderstand when I say that. <laughs> In terms of um, how we are perceived or we are not wanting to be as youthful, because we're, we, we can be youthful, but we're not youth anymore. And so we can speak our truths without sometimes having to just um, try to play down our experience. And what's so important is it's a way of being in relationship with the younger generation, which it's like a cyclical circle kind of thing, as we kind of connect with and share our experiences, which, by the way, they're certainly open to because they want to know how we got from where we were getting through hard times to where we are because they've got hard times that they're going through and they will be going through. And so I think it is just really about the, the sharing and the embracing, accepting our youth, accepting ourselves and our aging, and thereby really living out the truth that they can see as you age, you don't diminish. You really grow stronger, stronger in love, stronger in forgiveness, and stronger in involvement and purpose. Mm. That wisdom that comes in that purpose that you talk about is so is is part of the um, the the integral part of what we bring to community that we fail to sometimes see that young people um, are more increasingly um, not plugging into the fact that the wisdom and what we have gone through can be conveyed to them and help along that way. Um, I know that the more and more that I see the changes around us in our communities, the more I feel committed to to really uh, offer, you know, what I have to young people and really bring them along because it's so important that they understand uh, their past and so they can really live fully in their present and they can have brighter futures. I have to tell you a really quick story because it's really kind of fun growing old because you can be silly and do what you want to sometimes. I was talking to a group of young people about the book, uh, Moving from Hurt to Healing, and one of the stress relievers is yelling. I mean, it's wailing or just letting it come out. So these young people were the junior high and high school, and they were kind of sitting there kind of quietly, and I, I was expressing to them. I said, well, we did a breathing exercise, and I said, and guess what? Guess how else I... I relieved my stress, and I screamed, <laughs> and they all looked like, and then it was, what, what, I said, see, you can do that. Now, when I was younger, I may have been a little bit more sedate and probably wouldn't have done it, but it was so freeing, and so they loosened up. <laughs> so, <laughs> it wasn't wailing. I mean, I screamed. It felt good. The book, and I'm referring to the Hurt to Healing activity book, that was the result of, it's an intergenerational activity book that is a result of a collaboration between the Everybody's In movement and the Irreducible Grace Foundation, um, Youth and Young Adults. And it started with uh, Giovanni Ford and myself having a conversation about uh, the stories that we had been heard from our grandparents and our parents, et cetera. And so we talked to Irreducible Grace. We had intergenerational conversations for several months on Sundays. And thus, out of those conversations, we developed an activity book. And it was really, the conversations were due to the aftermath of the killing of George Floyd and also the pandemic. The book that What you seem to be saying is the, the wisdom about yourself as you've grown older is that you have a voice and you feel confident to use it. You feel better about being who you are. For those who are less active 
are less connected, what things would you say to them that they might try to do so they feel the power that's inherent in getting older? Well, I think you really have to have some, um, you have to have some understanding and some, uh, with friends and family, that uh, you know who I am, and you know my values, and you know, uh, I mean, I help raise you, <laughs> and I will, brought you into this world, I don't <laughs> want to take you out, but um, give me the dignity and the respect to make the decisions about, now if I need you to help me carry it out, I'll let you know. But whatever age, I think it's just so, it's really a, as I think about aging and, um, you know, people that are afraid to age, just let it go, breathe and let it go. And reach out and, and connect with young people because they help you to recognize that you have value because there's so much they don't know and there's so much they're afraid of. And then there's so much you can learn from them. I mean, it's just fascinating. Um, I just kind of, you know, you, even if your body is not able to maneuver and get around a lot and do the marching and do the dancing or whatever, but you can keep your mind, and because you've got that spirit, we have that spirit of love and acceptance and exchange. And, and even, um, it's been hard to hold somebody, but a young person can see in your eyes, they can hear in your voice. And as you have these exchanges, you can even read to them. I've got a, a grandnephew that during the pandemic, he would come and he would sit on one couch and I would sit on another. And uh, I said, you know, I love to be read to because he was having a little difficulty with reading in school. But he loved doing something with me, for me, being in my company. And he was not looked upon as the ignorant one. He was really, it was really kind of a reciprocal, it was really grand. I mean, I just, I can't express the value of that, the meaning of that, and then I got interested in some of his books, and I started ordering these little books that I said, gee, this is really a good story. I never, when I was little, they didn't have stories like this. So, you know, even when you're isolated, there's a lot that you can do in terms of making your life feel like it's useful, because it is. Mm-hmm. What I hear you saying is you're not too old to learn and you're never too old to share. That's right. Right. That's right. All I can say is, ain't no stopping us now. We're on the move. We got it. Got the groove. Ain't no stopping us now. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Don't forget, we can't, you can't stop us because we got a lot to give. We Amen, got a lot brother. To give. Brother Amen. Brother and a woman, Amen. too. And a woman, too. <laughs> well, part of the joy for me is doing this is all of our guests have just been filled with joy and smile when they come to music and share their true emotions. And as age ain't nothing but a number, you two are good examples of a life well lived. And so I want to thank you for sharing these moments with us. And I hope the listening audience takes a chance and tries something new because they've heard this podcast and are inspired to keep on keeping on. Thank you to today's guest and to you, our listening audience, for joining us today. As Plato says, Music gives a soul to the universe, wings to the mind, flight to the imagination, and life to everything. Until next time, keep keeping on.
Oh